Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. There's something about the mind. So this next installment, we're going to be talking about rewiring our mind. Now, praise the Lord. We don't have to do it alone. We have God's help and truth and guidance. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You know, that word mind, uh, or stayed rather, is the, the Hebrew word that's in Isaiah. So, samach, uh, or samach, I don't have the huh, you know, like the, the Jewish uh, guys do, uh, gals do. I love that. It's like huh, you know. I had to drink some milk or something, get more phlegmy. Samach. And samach is this, it, it really is, a, it, it means a fixed or hardened like concrete. So if you read that with that understanding, you'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed, is fixed, is hardened on concrete on you. Does that make sense? There's something serious about our minds and how God wants us to approach that truth. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you today for your truths. We thank you for what you've already shared today. God, we take it as great teaching already. Father, I pray that this would just only add to what you've already shared. Father, I pray that that we would just bind the enemy to try to steal what's been given already. And that as we continue to plant, Father, that it grows in our hearts and minds. Now, Lord, I ask you that you would replace my words, human words, with your truths. May we hear your word today as you are speaking We know that you are always speaking to us. And so we listen closely today. We thank you for it. We love you. And we praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Amen. Um, All through the New Testament, all through um, not only the writings of Paul, but specifically writings of Paul especially, uh, shares with us a secret to rewiring our brains, our minds. Uh, and having kind of a winning thought life. Um, now, I love that that science is caught up with this truth, and now it's more accepted in the church because now it's aligned. But there is something phenomenal about our minds that's created by God, not by man. And it's so intricate that we can't replace it. We can't fix it. The greatest computer of all is, does not compare to the human mind. It's an amazing thing. The human mind is so, is so crazy. It says that we can have over 10,000 thoughts in just a moment. Did you feel that? Like everyone went there. Especially the ladies. They have, they're amazing. Psychologists tell us that, that, we can, that we have so many thoughts that we could, if we were to put them all on paper, we'd be more, there would be more books than the Library of Congress worth of, worth, worth of information. That's amazing. That's your brain. Say, that's my brain. I want to remind you because sometimes we speak against our brain. 
when it doesn't seemingly line up with what we think it's supposed to be doing, then we say something poorly about our brain. I'm guilty of that. I've got to break that. We've got to stop doing that. Right? All right. Amen. Our minds, our brains are amazing. They're, they're, they're crazy. They're amazing in what they can do. But dare I say they also can be a challenge. They can be a little bit difficult at times. Um, they can work for us. Our thought life and, and what we're doing can work really well for us. And dare I say they can work against us sometimes. Anyone ever been dog tired, just like exhausted, so tired, and you're like, man, I'm, when I hit the pillow, man, I'm going to crash. And you hit your pillow, and all of a sudden, poof. you know? It's amazing what our brains can do, and they sometimes are hard to figure it out. Have you ever, how about this? Uh, This has worked against me before. I've had a conversation or interaction with someone. And then after I move on from that interaction, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that was dumb. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe that. I don't know what they're going to think about what I just said. And blah, blah, blah. You know, anyone, anyone? Okay, good. I was like, that's just me. Shoot. (laughs) Like right now, like, See, it's amazing how quickly our brains, our minds can lead us in a direction. It's no wonder that in Scripture, over 306 times in Scripture, it talks about the mind or the brain, 96 specifically talking about thoughts. 33 places in the Bible, in each book, 33 books explain or talk about the thought. You think it might be important. I think it is. And if, if we are walking through this process and we see the process that we put up there, then that, that our thoughts lead to something, an action or an ability. Now, I'm going to be so bold as to say that many times our thoughts are the pivotal decision maker between what we do. There is a, bo- there is a body. Everyone say, I have a body. Okay, we have a mind. Right? So the Bible calls that the body, the soul, and the spirit. We have a three-part being. The mind is the mind that is the, the will and the emotions, the soul. Okay? Um, and so understand that as we're going through this, and so then we have this flesh. Now the flesh is interesting because the flesh can only do what it's told to do. It doesn't accidentally just... Right? There's, the brain is telling it something. The mind is telling it something to do. So, so understand that the mind, we could say then that the mind or the thoughts of, a, of what we do are really the thing that takes us either to the soulish realm, the flesh, and walking by the flesh, or the new spirit of who's in us. The mind could be the decision maker. And so as we see this, we see the understanding, the importance that we must get our minds in line with God's word. If we're going to make this right, if we're going to walk in who we are, what God's already paid for and priced out for us and paid for and completely good. But we have to come in alignment with that because the soul, the remnant of the old is still trying to. Trying to, yeah, trying to rule. Thank you. Um, uh, and, and it's interesting because it doesn't have the right to. 
but yet it sometimes leads us because our thoughts are, are where we're putting our minds. And so it seems more powerful than it is. And this is where we get, we get excuses. We get things like, oh, the devil made me do it. All right. That one, yeah. So the thought does matter. The mind does matter. Romans chapter 7, verse 21 says this, So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, the new man. But another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind. In making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Now, I, I, I did some research because I wanted to find this out a little bit. I, I want you to know when it talks about here in this particular scripture, um, there's a Greek word called nomos. Nomos. <laughs> there's a, a Greek word here that says, that, that talks about, it, mean, it really means an influence. So only three times is this particular word used. And this is, this, it's all used within this few passages of scripture that Paul uses. And it means uh, an influence or a leaning in, or you could say an aroma. Okay? And so what it's saying, what, what was Paul saying is that there is this law, this aroma, that old man is still, that remnant of the old man is still trying to press in to to make decisions based on the old self. But we're not subject to that. Be, not as a believer. We've been freed of that. We're not a part of the old man anymore. We're a new creation. But there is something that we have to... So even though it knows, even though the enemy, I'll say it this way, already knows he's lost, he's not giving up yet. And so we have to remind our minds of God's truths of what's been done and what's already promised and made available so that we'll line up with, so that we'll walk that out. Again, the thoughts, the heart, the mind is depending, it's, is using as the pivotal thing. So it's kind of like this civil war with ourselves. Which way are we going to go? Now again, I want to just tell the end of the story. Christ wins, he's greater, he's bigger, he's more powerful it's already done. It's finished. But we have to believe that truth. We have to believe the truth and not the lie. Uh, I want to bring up an illustration that sounds kind of morbid. So hold on to your hat. But here's an illustration of something where we could might think. Now, let's say we just had April 1st. That's kind of what everyone calls April Fool's, right? You can, so let's say that someone horrible plays an April Fool's joke on you and says, for instance, says one of your loved ones died. Now, that's something horrible. It's not funny. Don't do that. But let's say that someone does, and, and suddenly you hear the news, and you're like, Ah, oh. and so now that news causes a belief. What? And then you have thoughts. Oh man, I didn't get to say goodbye, and I didn't do this, and I get. To, there's all these things, and then now we're we're panicking. We're thinking about all the things. Right? You're going this way. But what if? What if? What if? Now we understood that 
that can't be possible because I just literally saw this person five seconds ago. It can't be real. It has to be a lie. So when you know the truth that it's a lie, then our minds don't go to all of the problems about why our loved one is not here any longer because we recognize that's a lie. That's not truth. And this is kind of like what the enemy does. He lies to us. April Fool's, you're just a scum. You're just a sinner. You're just a problem. You're never going to be any better. And if we're not careful, we'll take that belief. If we're not staying and believing, if I'm not spending every moment with him, I will start to buy the lie. And then in that lie, I will walk out emotionally, physically, uh, the residue of the lie. When all of the while, it was never true. What the enemy speaks is never true. But if I line up with him, if I'm not close to the Father, if I'm not listening, if I'm not praying, if I'm not spending time with him, I will buy the lie and I will panic. Not you, just me. But you see how the human psyche can, how important it is to line our hearts and minds with God. So the first thing I want us to look at today is this. Our mind determines the choices we make between our flesh and our spirit. The spirit of God says it's done. The flesh says I've never really seen that before, felt that way before, and so it leans towards not believing. The Spirit of God is already truth. And so the Bible says, when Paul says to no longer conform to the pattern of the world, the old man, but rather renew your mind to transform to the new man. Are we, anyone hearing me today? This puts a lot of responsibility on us to walk out what God has already made available. Isn't it cool how God has asked us to partner with him? It's cool how God has said, I want you to, I've done it, I'm going to lay it out for you, but you need to open the gift and actually start using the gift for the gift to be enjoyed. Now, it's not about works because he already gave it. But we do have to work out the gift he gave. Amen? I don't like it any better than you. I would love to just sit back and say, okay, I'm blessed. Make everything perfect. But see, the problem with that understanding is that then we're just, we're just sitters, not doers of the word. Then we're not spreading the gospel because the commission was to go and make disciples. It wasn't to sit back and enjoy the blessings. Though that is awesome, it wasn't our mandate. It's not a responsibility. Because again, like we said last week, if we think a little more eternal, we are the cause and the help, the connectors of, for others to know Christ. And so it's important that we use what God's used has done for us to apply it and make it, and then we gotta we have to align it. We have to do it. Now, thankfully, praise God. Again, I said before, we have the Spirit of God in us. I mean, we we can't, He's He's definitely given us advantage in that the Spirit of God resides in us. Well, I don't have to go get. I don't have to go pick up 
the power of God, it lives in me. Right? I don't have to ramp it up anyway. It's always constant. He's omnipresent. He's always here. But I do have to acknowledge. I do have to exercise in him. I do have to apply. And to the point of this series is I have to keep my mind fixed there. So that when the when it meets when the rubber meets the road, I will pick the spirit of God in me, not the flesh. Really hard to do in the heat of the battle. And that's why God reminds us to constantly renew our minds in the moment, every moment, my moment. Philippians chapter four, we, we, I said it earlier, it's in our like, that we to rejoice in the Lord always. There's some things that we can do daily, regularly to help us stay there. I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to read Luke chapter six because we understand this this choice that we have, and we have to understand the importance of guarding and defending and feeding. Well, where you're feeding our minds, that we're feeding the right things. Because Luke, Jesus said this in Luke 6, 43 and 45, no good, no good tree bears bad fruit. No bad tree bears good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorns, bushes, or grapes from briar. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, in his heart. And the evil man, evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. And then it goes on to say, for out of the mouth, Speaks what the heart is full of. So what what's that mean? It means that we recondition our heart, re renew our heart, rewire our heart, so that we have a right belief. So then now, with that right belief, now we begin to have the right thoughts, and our mind is fixed on things above, and we'll react accordingly. Somebody say Amen. Quiet. Philippians 4, I already referenced it. Philippians 4, 4 and 7. Rejoice in the Lord when I feel like it. <laughs> and then it, it, uh, Paul was, he was speaking to me because he knew that I needed to hear it again. He said, say it, I'll say it again. Rejoice. In verse 5 it goes on, it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. That's our action, by the way. That's our moderation. That's our attitudes and heart. The Lord is near. Verse 6, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. So here's the truth. If we obey God's word and we do what he calls us to do, he'll guard the heart and the mind. He'll help protect those things in us. So now, even though we're doing it in human effort, like I'm going to guard, I'm going to rejoice, I'm going to pray. Those are human things that we're doing. God releases his supernatural to help guard and protect your mind so that we make new understandings. Um, new beliefs are developed of who he is in us. And we're able to fulfill God's purpose. Rejoicing will always. It's a mindset, isn't it? Be anxious about, don't be anxious about anything. That's a mindset. Pray about everything. I heard the, the old adage is like, well, looks like it's come to prayer. It should be our first 
thing that we're doing. In fact, it shouldn't just be an event. It should be our constant conversation with God, with the Father, with our Daddy. And then Philippians chapter 4, Paul lays out a rewire button. So we have to replace what we're not thinking on with something that God wants us to replace with. To put, a, put, put a, something in the void where we're removing out. In 8 and 9 of chapter 4. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy... Think about such things. And it says, and, and the God of peace will be with you. So we could say that if we don't ponder this, if we were to ponder the opposite of these things, then peace would not be with us. Right? Well, how am I going to do that? Well, think about what you think about when you hear a situation. If you want a barometer, you want a measuring stick on, on where we are in our thoughts, traditionally, you get, you know, your boss calls you and says, I really need to talk to you now. Where's our hot? Where's our thoughts? I re- remember my my dad. God love him, but sometimes he was mean. In a fun kind of way, but it was mean. When I was young, and he would say, Jason Matthew Bridge. <laughs> you know, like middle name, stern. Oh no, I'm getting it now. I love you. <laughs> Just mess with your mind. That's a true story. It's funny. Sort of. Love you, Dad. But this was the thought. I was like, and so if we find ourselves in a place where it's like we're now, I, I'm, we we live in real life. I understand that not everything is like, hey, such and such got a problem, and blah 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 blah. Woo, yay, thank you. Now I'm, I, it'll be realistic. But you know that time when you're just like, when you just like clam up, like, oh. I can't move. I can't breathe. I can't think of anything else. That's a good measuring that we're not fixing our eye, our hearts and minds on the right things. That it would take us out in that way. And see, the thing is, we never know when the enemy's going to attack. So we shouldn't wait to fortify what we're looking at and and thinking about till we get the news. We better do it before because we never know when it's coming. Now, I hate talking like this because I hate to, uh, you know, I love encouragement. And I don't want to talk about the things of the enemy and the plan of the enemy and what he's trying to bring destruction on our lives. I don't want to talk about that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I don't like that. And I don't like to talk about that we're not going to always face great circumstances. and, and I don't like that. But it's important that we look at face-to-face and know that with God, it's okay. Because even though we walk through the valley of shattered death, I'll fear no evil because he's with me. That's what scripture says, right? 
But you know what it does say? It doesn't say, even though I sit in the realm, it says, even though I walk. So there's something we have to do. Even though I walk, it's action. So we got to walk through it. But he's with us. He never leaves us. So it's not that we don't face it or we should be scared like, oh, no, it's not. Oh, I don't know what we're going to do. No, we look at it and say, oh, man, I'm glad I'm not walking alone. Thank you, Daddy. That's the truth of who God is. But we have to renew our mind, our heart and mind to this truth. This is not normal human understanding. But that's why we became a believer in the first place. We tried human normal understanding and it didn't lead us right where we wanted to be. But was it more peaceful? I didn't have more joy. Right? And so if we were to keep or set our minds and focus on the truths of God and, and, and God reveals this and reminds us over and over again. So the second point is this. That we must rewire our minds with God's word. Not a good word. Not a good conversation. Not a good whatever. Specifically his word. If we don't. There's a lot of compelling arguments out there. A lot of arguments that pull in our heartstrings. And without the compass of God's word, our humanness would be like, oh, yeah. That's right. Those poor people, that's poor thing, that poor thing, right? Do you understand what I mean? Now, we don't use this as an opportunity to judge. Point your finger at yourself. Say, I'm not a judge. Now the point, the finger's pointing at you because that's where we are supposed to work. This is our job. That's worth the weight of, of value of admissions today. The whole idea is that this is not a mind thing. This is not mind over matter. This is the word of God over everything. And when the word is present and when it's solid, then we see clearly. When we, we are solid in the word of who God is, then we will not be moved because, what it say? We stayed. We're like concrete. We have to renew our mind to his word. In order to renew to his word, we have to lay eyes on it. As much as I can share the word, I could, I could start at the beginning at not at, at what time we start church? <laughs> Ten. And I could just read scripture, 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 scripture. I could read it all from ten all the way till four or five o'clock. That's when we're getting out today, by the way. Just want to warn you. Where'd your thoughts go? No, I'm just kidding. 
I could read that all day long. I could read it all day. And it's just not enough. It's just not enough. I can't renew my mind just on Sunday morning pastor preaching. I pray that it's a, it's a good jumping start. It's a good place. I'm hoping that this you, you can take this and say, I don't know what I'm. I don't know what to read or pray. Oh, pastor gave me a notes page. I can read this as a roadmap, a direction, and maybe start and then hold on to your hat because God's going to take you on an amazing journey. But we have to line of the word. If I don't know what the word is, how do I rewire to the word? Now, again, this isn't like just, you know, I'm not just promoting Bible. I'm promoting changing our hearts and our thoughts and our minds according to what God's word says. Because the truth of the matter is, you know, whatever that crutch is that we hold on for our salvation might be removed. What we're going to have left, we're going to have his word. His words is constant. It's never ending, never, never going to go away. People, circumstances, seasons, that's all changing. But God's word won't. In fact, not only will it not change, the Bible says, the word says that it's living and it's active. So it's always germinating something new in us. Growing something. So it's not mind over matter, it's walking in agreement. Philippians chapter 3 says, For as I have often told you before, now tell you again with even tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. So here's the warning, right? But Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. That's the answer to that. Look at the children of Israel. Perfect example. Twelve spies. Two of them were fixed on the word of God. God said, go, check it out. But God before that had said, that's your land. Right? You can't have, you just can't have loose heart of the word of God. You can't let it go and think that things are going to walk right. Because our humanness, I said this last week, I don't like to say it, but our hearts deceive us. If they're not fi- if they're left alone and not fixed on God, they'll lean toward the remnant of the old man. Now, again, when we wa- it doesn't mean that you've lost your salvation. You don't have it. doesn't mean that. It, it, you, you might become callous when you continue to listen to the flesh. At some point, you'll say. But understand that, that this is why God says, I need you to stay here with me. I need you to listen to me. Listen to my still, small voice. It's always speaking. It's always talking. Renew your mind to the word. It sets an agreement with what I've said and already declared for you. Amen? 
heavy stuff, but amazing. As I, as I walk, I'm like, man, God's like laid out this amazing thing. And if I will align to it, that even when I'm facing things, I won't, I won't be moved by it. Kind of like Philip, when he was being stoned, he could see heaven. That, I mean, that's just, he's like, you know, I'd be like, ah! and he's like, I see Jesus, I see. I love that. Do you mean that we can be so fixed on the, that we could, even in the midst of change and, and horrible things and tragedy and challenge, we can actually see God? Absolutely. Absolutely. Take some training. Take some work. Take some work, and that work is really just staying in Him. Amen? All right, let's stand our feet. That was heavy. Let's go. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Ponder those things. Seek those things. Remind yourself. Put those things at the forefront. The good. As we said, as the girls said this morning already, to the wonder of who God is. Put that at the forefront. That's the vision. That's the idea. That's who it is. When we exalt you, you are worthy, God. You are mightier than anything that comes against me. If I keep my eyes focused there, my, renewing my mind daily by looking up to the Father, to His Word, to His truths. Now this is all explained in this beautiful thing. This is, this is God's love for us. It's God's love. He loved us so much that He gave us His Word that we could have this. He gave us the Word, Jesus walk it out there's a couple things we need to do we need to to give contrary thoughts thoughts that come against what god's word says about you or about a situation we need to give an eviction eviction notice to those things we need to take that stronghold captive that thought captive how do we take it captive by putting something in there by putting him in there. By pondering on them, on him, meditating on that. Input equals output. Very simply. What I put in put goes out. We guard what we see, we guard what we read, we guard what we listen to said it before, the eye gates, the ear gates, the mouth gate. Those are all pivotal. Those were all gifts from God to use for his glory and his good for me and you. Let's use them for that. Let's protect that precious gift.
And very simply, this is just very practical. We need to be intentional about filling our minds with God-like things. It's not always going to feel warm and fuzzy in the moment. But it's life-changing and it's nutritious. And it will give us the kind of energy that we need. Right? If I have to be intentional, I can't eat donuts every day. It always goes back to food. There's no nutrition nutritional value. It's a mess. It's a thing. It has it tickles my taste buds, but it doesn't get me where I want to be. Good old-fashioned meat and potatoes and vegetables. It's something I can live on. Be intentional what what we're feeding, what we're filling our minds with. We have a choice. Say that I have a choice. Or what I feed on. I, I just want you to dare to, to understand that truth. We're not victims. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's kids. He's equipped us with His power and His presence. It was a gift. We didn't deserve it in our own right, but he said, I want it for my kids. And I want to use that gift. I want to apply that gift that that he gave me, that he gave everything for. Think about a gift that's been given to you that you knew came out of sacrifice. And you're like, man, I want to treasure that. Now, that doesn't even compare to salvation and its beauty. It's an earthly thing, but what a beautiful reminder. You have a choice. We have a choice. What am I going to lay eyes on? What am I going to let be intentional in my heart and my mind? And God promised me if I, if I, if I stay fast in Him... That is the what we call the secret of life. Amen. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.